get back to the Sermon on the Mount. Hope everyone's had a good week so far. Uh, last time we were on the Sermon, last time we were on the Mount, <laughs> last time we were on the Mount, uh, we left off uh, from verses 21 through 24 and uh, we had a message we entitled The Danger of Anger. And um, we're still going to focus on anger a little bit here. Um, we're going to read verse, we're going to read, go ahead and read verse 21 again down to verse 26. But 25 and 26 are going to be uh, our main verses for the evening. But for the context of verse 25 and 26, we really need to read 21 through 24. Uh, so let's go ahead and read uh, Matthew 5, verse 21 through 26. Uh, this uh, message we've entitled, uh, Ditch Anger or Be uh, Disagreeable. So, Ditch Anger or Be Disagreeable. Uh, so that's what this one's about. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not, murmur, you shall not murder, uh, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka, I shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, uh, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. Uh, first be reconciled to your brother and then come off and offer your gift. Uh, agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hands you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid uh, the last penny. Let's pray. Uh, Father, help us as we look at this passage tonight. And I pray that you'd uh, help us, Lord, uh, to understand your word. Help us to believe your word. Help us, Lord, to love your word. Help us to follow your word, to obey it. Help us, Lord, to remember it, to be able to relay it unto others. Help us to live it out by faith and to be a little bit more like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who gave us these words on the sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount as we have this great Olivet Discourse and the greatest sermon, no doubt, ever preached. And we just thank you for these words of Christ and help us, Lord, to just meditate in them let their words sink in our hearts, mold us and shape us a little bit more in the image of Jesus. In his name we pray, and amen. All right, like I said in our last lesson, we focused on verses 21 uh, through 24, and we focused on the subject uh, of anger. Um, and we showed that even though we may not have physically murdered someone, uh, we have actually all committed the root sin of murder uh, which is anger, anger. Um, and so, therefore, because of such, we are not uh, as righteous as we might uh, think we are. And we've seen and mentioned that Jesus wants righteousness within, not just righteousness without. He doesn't want you just to not commit murder, uh, but He wants you not to have that anger. And we talked about that. Um, we spoke about how that murder was wrong because man is made in the image of God. And so God takes it very personal when we murder. We also show that not all killing is murder. 
We spoke about how that some anger also is justifiable, but it cannot lead to murder. And that justifiable anger must be dealt with quickly before it turns into sin. Uh, so we see that there was some reasons for anger, but it can turn into sin if you're not careful. Um, we say that anger can cause us to verbally abuse others, as from our passage here, and that it is not okay to verbally abuse people, even if your anger is justified. Um, that's what Jesus is talking about here in those verses we read. You, you can't call people names just because you have a justifiable anger against them. And then we notice that anger must be dealt with quickly because uh, we, in our relationships because we really can't worship God properly uh, when we have undealt with anger uh, between us and someone else. Now, I wanted to quickly review that because verses 25 and 26, I probably should have covered them in our last message, but just, I knew it would just take too long uh, to do all that together. Uh, but verse 25 and verse 26, it seems kind of obscure uh, when you first read it, but it is tied in to what Jesus just said. Um, what, what we uh, may see here is that Jesus is giving an example of one of the ways that anger uh, can snowball if you're not careful, and go so far as to lead you even into prison uh, there as you look at what he says. Jesus talks about being reconciled to your brother in verse 24. See that? And then he gives this illustration. The word for adversary there in verse 25, um, when you look that up, uh, the word speaks about one who would oppose us legally. One who would oppose us legally. And this is obviously talking about something legal whenever you just read the context of the passage. So in, in this illustration that Jesus gives, or this example, he seems to be suggesting that if you're not careful, you can allow your brother, who you are unreconciled with or maybe angry with, uh, to become your adversary. To become your adversary. And so... There, there we see that, that anger is snowballing. That's what happens to anger sometimes. Sometimes you get, people get angry over small things, and then because that doesn't get settled, it gets bigger and bigger, and it spills on over, and it's like, wow, how did all this get started? And anger has a way of snowballing. Um, and so that may be what Jesus Christ is talking about here, to where your, your brother actually becomes your adversary and even have some legal issues because of your anger. Uh, those things can happen. Now, I'm not sure, uh, however, if Jesus is saying uh, all of that because it would be wrong for that brother, of course, to take you to court as taught in the Word of God. But we definitely can see a progression that takes place whenever we do not humble ourselves, cease to be angry, and settle personal disputes. Uh, if, if we don't do that, it, it just gets worse and worse. And anger may eventually lead you into legal trouble. And even worse, if you would, make uh, an adversary out of a brother. Now, first of all, if this is talking about legal issues coming to between Christians, then Jesus is teaching to not allow your anger to allow things to go that far uh, and to come to an agreement and to settle before matters go any further unto the law. Uh, if that is what Jesus is teaching, and it does seem as at least teaching that, uh, 
then that coincides with what Paul teaches over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to go ahead and read that. I, I, I think I've been here 13 years, and I, I was thinking about this, and I know it's common to most of us, uh, but I don't know if I've ever read this passage publicly, uh, so I, I'm going to do that. 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 7. And it pretty much speaks for itself, so I'm not going to give a, a great explanation of this. Uh, but let's just read this. 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 7. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous, and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world be judged by you, uh, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning these concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers? Now therefore... It is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. It says, no matter, basically saying no matter what happens in this case, nobody wins because you shouldn't have been there in the first place. <laughs> Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Um, and so, so he's saying, you know, why would you like to go as far? You'd be better off to, to you know, you, you yourself be cheated than to go to law with your brother. So if that's what Jesus is talking about, that's just a good passage that coincides with it. If he's talking about a brother and then becoming an adversary, because then the adversary takes you to the judge and you end up to the officer, you end up in prison, you have to pay your debt. And so um, if that's what it is, that's a good passage that coincides with that. You know, Christ, as Christians, we have the mind of Christ and we should be able to, dis to settle disputes without things being brought uh, before the law. That's the way it should work. Where it should work. Uh, and the, to teach that we should be able to handle these things, Paul says there in 1 Corinthians, he said, don't you know we're going to be judging the world? And don't you know we're going to be judging angels? I mean, that's pretty, I, I, I'm, I'm in awe every time I read that. Like, I don't get that. Uh, and I don't, I have no doubt, like over in Revelation where it talks about God brings some of the judgments and all the people say amen. That That is, Yes, that judgment is correct, and so maybe it's just as far as that, but I don't know what all it involves. Uh, but just the fact that it's written that way it is, uh, is pretty amazing to me. Uh, but when we have glorified bodies, we're going to have a much better mind than what we have now, okay? So we'll have, we'll have much better capabilities of doing that than what we have today. I, I don't want to judge any angels right now, okay? <laughs> I don't think I can handle that. Uh, but we have a glorified body completely. Everything is glorified, glorified thinking, everything. I will be able to have the mind of Christ completely. Then, yeah, I will be able to do that. Uh, and you will be able to do it too. Uh, but yeah, so it's just amazing to me. Uh, but still yet, he's saying, if, if we're going to be doing that later, we should be able to handle some things down here. And so uh, believers should be able to work things out. However, what happens oftentimes is what our anger our anger blinds us and causes us to do things that are not right. And then we let things get worse and worse, like going to court with our brother. 
You know, if people of the church here were not to be able to settle any sort of legal disputes, then they should bring it before the church. And our church has bylaws set up for that to handle such matters. The church has never had to do that, uh, and, but hopefully we never would ever have to do that. Um, but secondly, what I want to notice, I want to know some things about anger and the problems that it causes here. Now, as I already stated, anger can lead so far as to lead you into prison. We can think of many scenarios in which that could happen. Of course, murder is one of them. Um, but just, you know, getting in a fight, uh, you know, not selling a dispute because you're just blinded by your anger or, or whatever, um, just being stubborn in your, angry, in your anger. Um, so a lot of different ways angry can lead you to jail. Uh, but one of the things we can notice about this example that Jesus gives is that the person that he's referring to that is angry and not seeking to agree quickly, he is here in this passage, verse 25 and 26, he is delivered to the judge, eventually to prison, and then, he, then they must pay. And so the picture here is this. This means that the person who is, will not agree, who is stubborn, is actually wrong. They're the ones in the wrong because they're the ones going to be in trouble with the, the, the law. You see that? The judge, the prison, all I had to pay. And so if this is all connected with, with anger, then their anger that's allowed this dispute has blinded their mind and that they must think they're right if they're willing to let it go that far. Um, listen, anger can distort your judgment and you really believe you're right. Anger, like drunkenness, weakens your ability to make sound judgment or decisions concerning many issues. Um, when you're angry, that is no time to make rash decisions uh, or to speak rashly in any way. Uh, we can't at first think that our anger is justified when in all reality we take a step back and realize, you know what, maybe it wasn't. And then that anger because we're stubborn sometimes and proud and don't want to admit that we shouldn't have been angry. We allow ourselves through our stubbornness to be blinded by our anger, our pride, and even when we were actually wrong. A person who seems to be angry a lot also will seldom confess to being in the wrong. That's just observant of nature. If you know somebody who's angry a lot, how often do they say sorry? How often do they ever admit to being wrong? Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Some people just seem to stay angry. I've met people like that. And they, they lack a sound mind. They lack a sound mind. So be careful of anger. It can distort your judgment and keep you from seeing the truth of the matter that you were the, actually the one in the wrong. Because this, in this scenario, this one that lets it go so far, he's the one in the wrong. Um, know this, an angry person seldom, seldom yells sorry, unless it's, of course, sarcasm. Um, it's just hard to admit you're wrong when you're very angry and to really be apologetic when you've been wrong. So now there's a connection there, because when you're, when you're an angry person, you're very seldom admit to fault. Now another thing about anger we can notice is that if Jesus is talking about being angry with a brother in verse 24 and, 
and then an adversary in verse 25. So in other words, they're separate. The brother isn't the ad becoming the adversary, which it shouldn't be, of course. There's something else we can learn from this passage, that we can allow unresolved problems that need reconciliation between us and the family of God or other close personal lives. We can allow those problems to seep over into other relationships in our life. Disagreement with one brother can affect other relationships. Because once we have that, that spirit of you know, unreconciliation and we're angry about something with somebody, we, we, we think that we can just hold on to that and channel that towards that one individual, but very seldom can a person do that. Often it affects other relationships. It might make another adversary uh, for yourself because of your anger. Oftentimes when we fail to deal with anger and we remain angry, we allow it to blind our judgment in another matter with someone else because we're just convinced we're so right and we, we should be mad, we should be upset, we're justifiable, this person did me wrong. Totally separate situation over here, but we've got this mindset, we've been rolling our minds so much about how right we are towards this person and we carry it over into this one and we may be wrong. Now, some other lessons to learn from this passage is how that we need to learn to quickly agree with others when and while we can. Yeah, you know, I think the simple thing Jesus is teaching is be agreeable as quick as you can with people. You know, don't, don't, be, a, don't be a person who is just hard to get along with. Don't be a person who's just disagreeable. Um, do not take the opposite position. <laughs> Uh, all the time, just because you are uh, maybe not usually able to see things eye to eye with that person. I think that what happens a lot of times is because we don't see eye to eye with somebody on one issue, then it's hard for us to see eye to eye with them on any issue, because we always have that one, you know. And uh, I think it's part of a problem today in our culture and society. It's like, I disagree with you here, so therefore I disagree with you on everything, <laughs> you know. And we got to be careful of that. Um, just because you disagreed with this person over here on this one issue and you never did agree there, that does not mean that you cannot come to agreement uh, here on another present issue. Politicians are not the only ones that need to learn that lesson. You know, oftentimes what we, we hear it said that we need to agree to disagree. And sometimes that is true. But I think we need to also, we should agree to agree as much as possible. <laughs> Uh, if that makes sense. You know, I agree to disagree. Well, I can just, all of a sudden people say that and they walk away. I agree to disagree and just don't want to deal with it. Well, maybe we should stick around a little longer and agree to try to agree and resolve it. So agree to agree as much as you can, of course, without compromise to truth and righteousness. Now, what we further see in regard to this person with a disagreeable attitude is that they allow it to snowball, as we mentioned, into something bigger. And sometimes we cause ourselves so much trouble because we just want to disagree with someone, maybe just because we just don't like them for some reason. Because this, this is an adversary. So someone not in agreement with you. Uh, so oftentimes it's, it's not sometimes the issue that we're in disagreement with. It's the person. 
Have you ever had somebody that you just really couldn't get along with and they had an idea and you're like, I don't like that. And then somebody else that you do like comes along and they kind of have the same idea and you're like, you know what, that don't sound too bad. And you're like, it was the same idea that guy had, but what made the difference is how you heard it is by who it came from. And uh, so you got to be careful. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's really not about the issue sometimes at hand. It's more about our relationship with them that is not good. And then you make it worse by continuing to be disagreeable, even though it may not be a bad idea. But because I'm upset with them for this other thing, you know, we're hard to agree with them. When someone seems to always disagree and to take the opposite opinion, you've met people like that. It's like no matter what, if you say the sky's blue, then it's not going to be blue to them. It's going to be another color. <laughs> that person that, that always wants to take the, the opposite there. Usually there's a deeper issue, uh, possibly something in the past never resolved, or, and they're angry about something else in their life or whatever. They just can't ever seem to agree. You know, we cause ourselves so much trouble when we become an angry person and then it then causes us to have a spirit that people just can't agree with no matter what. An angry and disagreeable spirit will cost us. And that's what we see in our passage. Because he goes to the judge, he goes to the prison, and he says, you're not going to get out until you pay the last penny. This person here is thrown into prison. Anger locks the door and keeps our relationships and life from flourishing. Anger stunts our spiritual growth as we cannot worship God and we will not relate to people in the world as well either. Anger may cost us more than that one relationship where the anger begun. It can spread over into other relationships. Anger will cost us something much more valuable than money. Anger will take from us every last penny of joy and contentment. Anger will take from us every last penny of peace and comfort. Anger will keep taking from us until we take anger and cast it out of our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So deal with anger. It will keep you, uh, it, or it will uh, keep taking from you in so many different ways. It will affect every aspect of your walk with God, your relationship with others, who you are not even angry at. <laughs> it will make you a disagreeable person. So therefore, let us ditch anger or we will always be disagreeable. Ask Jesus to help you with that. And he can heal, he can soften, he can give you peace. And, uh, and, and ask him to help you with your anger. You know, you don't want to be an angry person. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to help us, Lord, to have soft, gentle, kind hearts. For the Lord is gracious and merciful and slow to anger. Father, help us that we would be the same, that we would be merciful and gracious and slow to anger. Help us to be more like Jesus. We pray in his name and amen.